Okay, well, good morning to um, everyone up there at Awaken Church from me, Paul Burton, and uh, I'm sitting in uh, my place in Nelson, and this is not a uh, genre I'm familiar with, speaking to the back of a phone, but here I am, and, and I want to just share with you some thoughts, and the title of the little message I have for you today is Sons of God Grow Up. Uh, you would have had a scripture reading from 2 Corinthians. We're going to dig into those verses. And, and just to see something about how we, how, as sons of God, grow up, how God grows his sons. Um, and, and another title I gave to, could give to this message is Christians Commit to Grow. And the verse in 2 Corinthians, which is a focus verse, 2 Corinthians 4, 16. So we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. You can't see it, I have an iPad sitting here. Our inner self is being renewed day by day. You know, Grace and I are uh, just working through this process of uh, moving up a heart, coming to you folk and awake, and there's a growing excitement in us for what God has in this. Um, and it's not something we sort of had super planned out, yeah, but, but we do uh, believe God is in it. I loved meeting with your elders and the meeting we had. Just felt like we were people of the same spirit and on the same journey or similar journey. And I believe God is doing something very significant. That these are days uh, that, that he is, and what I really think is saying, come on church, grow up. Grow up. Time for something to happen. Time for us to come out of forms and structures and, and focus on appearances to actually allow our hearts to really lead our lives and the life of our churches, our together life, our community life, our one another life. So I'm just excited to, to go on a journey with you. I know for the last three years um, I've been uh, turned inside out by God. And in many ways, I'm the same, but, but in many ways, I'm, I'm a different person or, or a different minister in particular than I was three years ago. That means I may believe the same things, but some things just aren't important. Other things have become so much more important. It's about what you're intentional about and what you assume, what you focus on and what you don't. And, and I have a whole new set of focuses, so I'm, I'm just excited to come and, and trust in that all the little details along the way, that God will have his hand on them and work them out. So back to 2 Corinthians, and we're just going to go from verse 6, 2 Corinthians 4, verse 6, down to the end of the chapter. And we're going to look at how God grows his sons. Last week we, we had a message in here at Awaken on being more than conquerors. And we are more than conquerors in Christ. So how does God grow a more than conqueror? There's a process that happens for the more than conqueror to come forth from the person who, who would run and hide. When I think of a son of God, I like to think of King David. Because, you know, on, on the day when Goliath challenged the Israelite nation, and there was only one son of God there. There was a whole nation of people who called themselves God's people, called God their father, called themselves believers, and had a lot of form, went to the temple, brought the offerings, did the sacrifices, knew some of this, a lot of the stuff, knew the Torah, 
But when pressure came on, when the challenge came, they ran and hid. They screamed. They, they cried out. They said, somebody fix the problem and it's not going to be me. Only one man stood and said, I'm just going to stand here and trust God. He was a more than a conqueror man and his name was David. The way I see that story, David was the only one who looked like a son of God on that day. And, and I'm looking for the sons of God. I'm looking to be a son of God who is revealed in this world as a son of God. I'm not just a son of God because I call God Father. I want to I want to be revealed as a son of God. I, I want on days like that to be the one who's trusting God and, and not running in fear, not intimidated, not yeah, just trusting God. So we're going to have a look at this. I want you to think of a walnut. A real walnut, an actual walnut. I don't have one here, but imagine between my fingers is a walnut, a hard shell walnut. And, and many of you, or some of you may have done, I've done it, taken a hammer or something hard and smashed that walnut, cracked it open to get at the walnut kernel within the walnut shell. I mean, I've never managed to do it with my hand. You, you may have crushed it in your hand. They are hard. Remember the walnut. Think about a walnut. And when we'll read again 2 Corinthians 4.16. So we do not lose heart. So we do not lose heart. We don't have heart failure when, when in, in, in tough times. We don't stop breathing the faith and the life of the Holy Spirit just because circumstances aren't going as we hoped they would. We do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. Remember the walnut. Somehow the outer shell of that walnut has to waste away. It has to be broken. It has to be crushed. It has to waste away so that the inner life within that walnut can grow, can become everything it's meant to be, can be planted, can flourish, can grow a new walnut tree and bear more Walnuts, because unless a seed goes down into the ground and dies, it remains a single seed. And when it goes down into the ground and dies, the, the, what happens before that seed can grow and become the, the new potential that's within it, the outer shell has to waste away. It has to waste away. And, and so we're here to talk about how God grows his believers, his sons, by wasting away the outer shell and by his spirit breathing into, feeding with his word, the new life in it, so it can grow. So we're going to begin in, uh, in, in verse, verses 6 and 7. 2 Corinthians 4, 6 and 7. For God, for God who said, let light shine out of darkness has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we had this treasure in jars of clay to show that, this, that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. Did you hear what he's saying? You know, we 
in the midst of a dark world. And if we'd read before that, it would have talked about the enemy blinds the minds of unbelievers. In the midst of a world where the enemy is doing his best to keep it dark and to keep us blind, God wants to shine his light, the light of Christ, the light of the gospel of the Lord Jesus God into hearts. And and do you remember the mystery and the miracle of when that first happened to you? When God shined his light into your heart and you came alive. I remember that. It was a mystery because I don't know how it happened. Suddenly, there was like a new life in me. Suddenly, there was like feelings in me and awarenesses in me that hadn't been there just moments before. The peace, the joy, the the sense of purity and cleanliness, the, the sense of hope, the desire just to know God and obey God. This wonder of our first salvation, of just coming to know Him. There's a mystery there. You don't know how it happened in you. I don't know how it happened in me. He did it, and it's a miracle. There was nothing about me doing anything. Yes, I prayed a prayer. My prayer was, Father, not my will, but your will be done in my life. That that was my prayer of coming to Jesus. And he came into my life, and I came alive in Christ. And it was a miracle. But I still had the hard shell. I still had the old me. It said I had this treasure of this new life in Christ, full of this, this power that rose Jesus from the dead, but it was in a jar of clay. It was like the kernel in the walnut shell. The kernel in the walnut shell. So we read on. So we've got to think of the walnut now. I'm like the walnut. You're like the walnut. I've received new life, but I've got a hard shell. The old life is my hard shell. But and he goes on in verse 8. Verses 8 and 9. But we are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not driven to despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying in the body, this body, the physical body, the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. Pressure. Pressure. God grows his sons into their maturity through the process of pressure. Christians commit to grow, God's sons commit to grow, and God grows his sons into their maturity. He grows us who are sons of God into our maturity through the process of pressure. There's got to be enough pressure to break the hard shell, to break it away, to waste it away, to take it away. The walnut shell has to be broken. My old shell has to be broken. The jar of clay has to be broken so that this new, mysterious, miraculous, wonderful new life in Christ can shine through and bless other 
people. He grows. We see that in Paul. You know, he says, afflicted in every way, but not Christ. That is my body, my, my life, the old life is Christ, but my new life isn't Christ. Perplexed, but not driven to display. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying in the body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. He's going to bring pressure. And whatever that means for you, it's personal. Pressure for you is pressure for you. Pressure for me is pressure for me. Some things I'll think, oh, why are you bothered by that? They're nothing to me. I just shrugged them off my back. But other things hit you and they, whoa, what am I going to do, God? I'm struck down. Then the Spirit says, yeah, but you're not destroyed. Come on. I'm just breaking down the old. The old is wasting away. So the new can grow day by day. Remember verse 16. Back in the day, you know, it was about 40 years ago, actually, I, I was pastoring a church in Whangarei. And, and, and a lady in the church one day, she was a new Christian, a mother, a, a young mother. And she said, oh, I know how, who knows, she had a young teenager daughter. And, and one day she just said to me, I'm going to give up being a Christian. I was shocked. And, and I thought, Why? And I said, well, why? And she just said, it's too hard. And, and I just thank God for his wisdom. I prayed for it every day, and he gave wisdom as I needed it. And, and so I asked her this question. I said, so what will change in your life if you give up being a Christian? What is it that's too hard? Well, there's the husband, and there's the kids, and there's the finances, and she went on for a few things. I said, which one of them will change if you give up trusting Jesus? And she realized none of them would change. She was in a tough time. She had pressure on her life. She could go through the pressure with Jesus or she could go through it by herself. There's going to be pressure. Most of us know the story of the five wise and five, five foolish virgins. <clears throat> and they're waiting for the bridegroom. And, and I'm not going to go to it in detail. But, but there's this, this connection to oil. The five wise have a store of oil. The five foolish don't. They have lamps and oil, but not enough oil. So I'm going to suggest to you that, that the lamp could be like our outer life. And the oil is like our inner life. It's like our relationship with God life. It's the oil of relationship. The oil of our devotional life to God, of our connection to God, our trust in God, our love for God, our rest in God. The oil is our inner life with God and the Holy Spirit. This is the oil. So oil is created through pressure. You've got to put the, the olives through the oil press to get the oil. So if you're going to have oil, you've got to have Pressure. So what we have here is five wise virgins who through the pressures of life had built their relationship with God, built their trust, built their devotion, built their fellowship in the Holy Spirit, built their trust in God's word. We have five wise virgins who have a store of relationship, of trust in God, of hope in God, of knowing that he's with them, even when they don't know that he's with them. You know what I mean? But we have five foolish virgins who have no store. And when the bridegroom comes, their oil runs out. That's run out. Their lamps are gone out. They're not better. They say, give us some of your oil. But they can't give away their oil. 
It's not like oil stored up in a jar. The oil is how they have trusted God through the pressure that life has brought on them. God is going to grow you. He's going to bring forth the Son of God in you through the pressure of life. You know, Jesus said, if they hate me, they'll hate you. If they persecute me, they'll persecute me, met you. He, he said, we're going to come go through tribulation. And James said, count up your joy when you face trials of many kinds. Why? Because you know that in those trials, you are going to grow faith. You are going to grow character. And you are going to come out shiny more brightly than you went in. Come on, many of us, we've just been rejoicing for the last two years. There's been more pressure. And so we've been able to say, come on. Oh God, thank you for the pressure because we know you are working something good in me. You are growing an overcomer in me. You are growing a more than conqueror in me. You are working in me a faith that can be, you know, a more than conqueror faith, a shining faith. You are bringing forth the Son of God in me. Thank you, God, for the pressure of COVID. Thank you for all it's done. Thank you, God. I don't look to, to what the world's doing. I don't look to, to, you know, to find a way to escape. I look to you. And I look for how you are leading me in these days. And I look to how you are working in me in, the, in my spirit in these days. What you're growing in me so I can cooperate with me. You know, we've got to know, as, as, same as it was for Paul, so it is for us. God is going to grow his sons up into maturity through the process of pressure. And, and then he told us there in verse 10, this amazing verse, always carrying around in the body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may be may also be manifested in our bodies. See, in the pressure, something of the old shell, the old life, dies. Carrying around in my body the death of Jesus. But as that dies, the old is wasting away. Then, then so that the new life of Christ in me can grow day by day. I hope you're hearing something here. Because if you're under pressure now and you're not sure what's going on, you'll probably find that the Holy Spirit is wanting you to die to something. He's wanting to say, I count myself dead too, but I am alive to Christ. So, for instance, many years ago, probably about 20-odd years ago, I found myself using the word frustrated. People say, how's it going at the church? I said, I'm frustrated. Why was I frustrated? Because what I had in here was not what I saw in the church. And it frustrated me. I thought I was expressing some form of faith or some form of expectation. I'm frustrated. One day in my quiet time, the Holy Spirit just quietly says to me, Paul, every time you say you're frustrated, you're sinning. Because the word of God says, and you know it, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. And your frustration is coming from your leaning on your own understanding. And so I had to start repenting. And every time I'd feel frustrated, I'd have to count myself dead. I'm dead to you, frustration. You have no part in me. Verse 10. You read it with me. Always carrying in the body the death of Jesus. That's what I had to do then. Right then I had to recognize I am dead to your frustration. I am alive to faith in Jesus Christ. I don't need to understand the process. Just recently, uh, back in 2019, I, I went up to Dargaville for a few months to serve in a church to do some supply ministry. 
and I'm sitting there saying, God, why am I indictable? You know, what, what, what is this? What's a special spiritual reason you brought me here for? You know, when you're going to go to a new place like that, people love to give you prophetic words and pray, oh, God's got something special for you there and all this and that. So you got all this stuff buzzing around and, and, and I'm saying, well, why, God? And he says, what do you need to know? Do you know, Paul, he said to me, that I called you here? Yes, I do. He said, why isn't that enough? But, 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 I go, I really want to know. I need to know why I'm here. He said, no, you don't. You've got to die to that. Count yourself dead to needing to know why. And trust that I know why and I will work it out. And you might never need to know why. You might never need to see why. Never see why. You just don't need to. See, carrying around in my body the death of Jesus, what? So that the new life that, that he's working in me can be manifest within me. And it's a new peace. It's a new faith. It's a new place of trust. I remember saying, God, how am I going to learn this, this patience, this rest? I thought I'd got it, but now you're showing me I haven't got it. And he says, you can't learn it, but I can grow it in you. As I die to what my flesh wants to do, to know why, to have it quickly, whatever it is or whatever your thing is, then the Holy Spirit can grow the Son of God in me day by day. And he does it through the process of pressure. He does it through the process of pressure. Reading on verses 11 and 12. For we who live are always been given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. This is the process of growth. This, this is how we grow up as sons of God. If we read again verse 16, it says, So we do not lose heart, though our outer self is wasting away, the hard shell is wasting away. But the person I was when I first believed in Jesus is wasting away. Our inner self is being renewed or is growing up day by day. And as the elder person was, the new person that Jesus died on a cross for me to be, purposed me to be, that God saw I was before the creation of the world, that, that his spirit made me alive and I came to Christ to be, is growing up. The Son of God in me is growing up day by day. And it's that person that God can use to bless other people, to touch other people, to teach other people. None of the hard shell of the walnut is going to be in the new tree. It's all going to go. It's all going to break away. It's all going to dissolve. And none of your old self is going to be in the fruitfulness of your life in the kingdom of God. It's all going to be out of what God is growing up in you day by day. So this is so important to allow ourselves in the process of pressure to die to things that the Holy Spirit puts us in. Just I count myself dead to frustration. I count myself dead to knowing why. This two of mine. And I trust that God is going to do what he said he will do. And he did. That, that story came to an end. And I trust that God is going to do with me in Dargaville or wherever what he wants to do. And I never need to understand it. I'm happy to understand it. I like that he shares some understanding with me, but I don't need to. I don't need to. Why? Because I'm dead to that part of me. 
And when he tells, when it shows up, I tell it, remind it that I'm dear to you. I count myself dear to needing to understand. And he says, so this is how we who live are always being given over to death, verse 11, for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus may also be manifest in my mortal flesh. So my hope as I come to you is, is that it won't be the old Paul showing up. It'll be the, the Paul in Christ who's showing up and the Christ who's growing up in me, showing up, the Son of God showing up. And uh, I know some of the old self God will still need to go. The Holy Spirit will keep the process going. Verse 12, so death is at work in us, but life in you. So death is at work in me, but hopefully life for me is at work in you. And he goes on, since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what has been written, and what was written is this, I believed and so I spoke. We also believe and so we also speak, knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and bring us with you into his presence. Did you read to hear that? He says, why am I struck down but not destroyed, perplexed but not in despair? Why am I saying these things? Because I know they're not the end of the story. I know that Jesus went down into a grave and, and, and three days later was raised again. I know that when that walnut goes, uh, goes down to the ground, yes, their hard shell may dissolve, it will break away and dissolve and completely be destroyed. But that, that kernel will become a seed that plants a whole new tree. I know. My faith is in resurrection. I, I, I can't control the process. And I find the process uncomfortable, difficult, disorientating at, at times. But don't let it be discouraging. And know that he's doing this for us and also so our life can be a testimony of grace for others. Come on. He wants to bring his grace to the world. He doesn't want to bring our old life to the world. He wants to bless people with what the Holy Spirit's doing in us, not with what we think's good for them. You know, that, that, he, that people don't need anything from me, but they need something from God. They need something from God. And, and God will use me to give it to them, and he'll use you as well. And it says here, with the spirit of faith, oh, I could talk more about that, but you know, it's a spirit. Faith is a spirit. The Holy Spirit breathed faith into me the day I first repented and came to Jesus. Repent and believe. When I repent, he breathed faith, then I believed. Then I believed. I wasn't sure I believed until that moment. And then I spoke. And so we also believe and so we also speak. I want to suggest to you, it's really important to think about what you speak, especially when you're under pressure. If right now you're feeling under pressure and you feel it's just it's hard at the moment and you feel that maybe things aren't going the way they could, should, or you hope they would go, please, 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 take a, learn to push the pause button and just ask the Holy Spirit to be the faith you need. You only need a mustard seed of him. You only need a bread, a puff of the Holy Spirit in you to have faith in this moment. And he's there to do it. And you can agree with him and then, be, and then speak from that faith. Because when I speak out of that old hard shell, out of that frustration, out of that need to understand, out of the need for justification. Uh, uh, when I speak out of that old hard shell, I strengthen it. I am trying to call it back to life, and it's dead, and it can't live. I've got to discipline myself to speak 
out of the spirit and what the word of God has been saying into my heart, out of my heart, not out of my flesh. And so do you. And so do you. This is so important. Are you listening right now? Some of you have just been going on about stuff, particularly in this COVID world. And we need to ask, is this coming out of my heart? Is this coming out of my my spirit? Is this coming out of the word of God? Or is this just coming out of me? And it's time to bring some discipline to how we speak. This is our responsibility. This is our responsibility. You know, the sound we make, the sound we make, is how God reaches people and testifies to them. Not the not the, the, the religious jargon we use, not how you know, many Bible verses we quote them or tell them. No, no they're going to hear our spirit. Their spirit, their heart is going to hear our heart. You know, I think this world is waiting to hear the heart of God coming out of the sons of God, being testified of by the sons of God. I don't think they've you know, been hearing it. And then their hearts will begin to respond. He says there in verse 15, for it is for, it is all for your sake. He says, all my pressure is for your sake. All I've gone through is for your sake. Why? Because stuff in me needed to die so that there could be a renewing day by day, a growing up day to day of the Christ life in me so that grace could be extended through me to more and more people. And that this grace may increase thanksgiving and glory to God. And my prayer is that some of the pressure I've been through and some of the, the, the sense of dying to myself that I've been through, and I, I know there'll be more, is going to enable a new sound to come out of me, a new grace to come out of me, a, a new testimony to come out of me, a new breath of the Holy Spirit to come out of me that breathes straight into your heart and causes something to come alive and encourages the life of faith within you in a fresh and new way. And I'm praying that that would be happening right now. Okay, so let's just read the last couple of verses and wind up this talk. We've probably gone long enough. I'm not timing it. Uh, so we do not lose heart. Come on, don't. we don't have heart failure. We don't have faith failure. We don't stop proving. My mum had heart failure um, two years ago. We went to the doctor's uh, middle of 2.20 and uh, we'd been out of Nelson for nearly a year and we, we, we came back down to Nelson for a few months at the end of the first lockdown and we just realised that mum wasn't doing well and and she was getting puffed just walking down to the um, letterbox and bag. My mum lived in Nelson. And, and we ended up going to the specialist and all that stuff. And she had heart failure. And really, her life was only going to go downhill apart from a miracle. And in some ways, mum, as long as she it went well, was quite happy to go. She, and so, so we then spent the next nine months uh, just doing more and more and more to support my mum. We realised she just couldn't do as much. So just about every day by the end of that time, one, even my wife or I would be doing things just to support my mum. In fact, it got to the point where we might need to move in with her. She needs more support. Uh, she passed um, beginning of last year, 89, and, and she was happy to go and she went well, but you know, it's always a loss. But she had heart failure. She couldn't breathe as she used to breathe. She couldn't process oxygen as she used to. Don't let your heart stop breathing the Holy Spirit. And one of the prime ways we breathe the Holy Spirit is through meditating on Scripture, on the Word of God. If you're feeling like your heart is, is fading, like you're losing heart, 
take time just to sit with scripture and let the Holy Spirit breathe into your heart and, and, and go with it. Obey what he says. To say what he says, meditate on what he says, on what the scripture says, so we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, we're counting ourselves dead to things. Our old life is dying. We're identifying with the cross of Jesus. Our inner self, our new life in Christ is growing up day by day. The Son of God in me is growing up day by day. He's growing up to be a more than conqueror. He's going up to be a bright, shining testimony of Jesus Christ. He's growing up day by day. For the light and momentary affliction. And when you read that verse, you've got to go back and read verse 8 again. You know, a light and momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look, not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient or temporary, but the things that are unseen are eternal. Back to the walnut. You look at that walnut, you see a hard shell. But you don't see is the kernel inside. You know, many of us know it's there because we've smashed that walnut, taken it out because we wanted to eat it. When you look at yourself, what do you see? Do you see the old self? Do you see the frustrations? Do you see the weaknesses? you see the failures? you see, or do you see the new life of the Son of God and you're growing from strength to strength, from glory to glory, from faith to faith, growing up, growing up through the pressure, through the leading of the Holy Spirit, through the working of the Holy Spirit in you, through your through your not losing heart, through your being being guarded or being wise in how you speak. But also finally here, he says, here's our one major responsibility. And all this, one major responsibility, he said, as we look, not to things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. As we, I think another version of the Bible says, says fix our eyes. Not on what we see, but what is unseen. And 2 Corinthians 3.18 tells us what that is. As we behold Jesus Christ, as we hold him in the viewpoint of our life, as we make our major purpose on earth to live, holding our eyes, our mind, our heart on Jesus. And from there, we speak to, interact with, live in this world. And this world has light and momentary troubles, and some of them are pretty hard on the old person. But they're nothing compared to seeing what we have in Christ and who Christ is in us. So we take responsibility to fix our eyes on Jesus. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. So I'm going to stop now. I'm going to pray and uh, let you guys uh, ponder the Word of God. I encourage you, if this has stirred something, can you spark something, can you? Here's a couple of things to do. Write out these verses, 2 Corinthians um, 4, 6 to 18. Write them out of Scripture in your own hand. Read them again and again and let the Holy Spirit highlight things, teach you things, bring things to fore.
Tell someone else these things in these verses, in your own words. Share it with someone. And where you see something in there that, that, that um, like, fix your eyes on Jesus, he says, there's a point of obedience here. Begin to practice it. You might never perfect, perfect it, but begin to practice it. Begin to intentionally practice obeying. Fixing your eyes on Jesus, beholding Jesus, looking not to the things that are seen, but to the unseen. And you'll be amazed what the Holy Spirit can do as you give him the space in your life to do it. So, Father God, I pray for every person listening to me. And I pray that right now you would be at work, Holy Spirit. And you would be the one testifying to their hearts, working in their hearts, bringing to their minds the, the, the things you want to do and work with them on in their lives. Lord, may they have the courage to count themselves dead to some things that they thought were precious. But you say, no, nah, that's not precious. You don't need to hold on to that. Count yourself dead to that. Trust me with it. Trust me with it. Pray, Father, they would cling to you, to Jesus, in a way they never have before. In Jesus' name, amen.